Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Ronald Show, we talk about some of our strategies for dealing with people that are struggling to regain their motion. The Ask Mike Ronald Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. The latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We are up in Boston, the crew here from Champion PT and Performance, answering your questions, anything you want to talk about, ask away. Head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out a form to ask a question that hopefully we'll get to and answer on one of these future episodes. So let's see, I am joined here today by the crew, Dwesh Podell, our strength and conditioning guru on, on the Zoom call here, Lisa Russell, Dan Pope, Lenny McCrina, Mike Scudo, Dave Tilly, all here answering your questions. Um, you know, again, anything you guys want to talk to talk about in terms of, you know, physical therapy, sports performance, career advice, anything, we're here for you. Uh, Len, looks like uh, we did some round robin chair shifting again. What do we got today? We got some a really good crop of students this this week compared to last week. Um, leading batting leadoff, Chris Fonzi Afonso. They call you Fonzi. Fonz. Quite obvious. Yeah. They should call you Fonzi. Yes. Why Zach haven't we? Leal? Why haven't we yet? By the way, we have. That's like I a know. definitive. I, I was just name. sitting there staring out in my window, which is my. Outside my garden, outside, and I was thinking he should be called Fonzie. Um, Zach Leal from NYU, and we have Ben the Fisherman Fisher from University of Kentucky. I mean, easiest group of nicknames. Anybody with a Z is always just Z. I mean, that's an easy. That's just a, that's an easy right. one. And then I mean, fish. That's like the best. Fish. Yeah. I, I mean, that's pretty and good. Fonzie. The Fonz. Hey, we got to do that every time after we say it. So, all right. So that's what we're going to do in the clinic. So anytime anybody calls them the Fonz, everybody else in the room has to go, hey, do that. Right. All right. Let's look that up on YouTube. Make sure I'm, I'm pronouncing that well. I just really hope that doesn't last for more than a week. Or like oh, a- that's la- oh, that's lasting. That's lasting. That's I, I think thing, a lot yeah. of people are confused right now. Do people know who the Fonz is? <laughs> that's okay. I don't care. I, you know what? I'm thoroughly entertained, and uh, I think we nailed it. You know, uh, awesome. All right, what do we got, Fonz? Hey, jeez, hey. man, the first time, and you guys didn't even do it. <laughs> Let's try that again. I feel like I'm I'm with my AU softball team. I'm like, I didn't hear you guys. Are you excited? <laughs> what? What do we got for today's question, Fonz? Hey. 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 Uh, so James from Maryland asks, um, 
What would you recommend for a patient having difficulty maintaining the range of motion achieved during PT sessions? They are still waking up in the morning with little to no range of motion. And a short time after their PT session, they stiffen up and lose the range of motion gained during the session. Nice. That's a good question, James. We probably, I mean, that does happen a good percentage of people that have loss of mobility, right? That we see that. And I think that's probably the one thing that people probably get the most frustrated about as a physical therapist, right? Is that, you know, you're working with the person, you're making some gains and then they come back the next day and, and they're tight. So, um, you know, interesting. Uh, who wants to start with this one? This is a good diverse group. Um, Dan, what do you, why don't you start it up while the others gather their thoughts? I just want yeah, to say that. I, you know, kind of curious what he's talking about. Is this like a post-op patient or is this someone who's just trying to gain mobility for like a sport or something? Um, I guess what I will say is that I think as a profession, we don't often do the best job of making like an evidence-based stretching protocol or mobility protocol. There's so many weird ways out there to try to gain mobility. And we do have a decent amount of research about what tends to work and then also the dosage that works, right? So I, I kind of compare it to like a diet, you know, people come up to you and say like, you know, I tried a diet and it didn't work. It's like, well, did you weigh yourself in the beginning? And at the end, you know, what'd you eat? Did you eat broccoli? Did you count your calories? You're like, oh, well, I didn't do any of those things, you know? So sometimes I feel like people don't have a good protocol that has stretching, let's say five days a week, 60 seconds, you know, on a given muscle, you know, maybe eccentrics two to three times a week, one or two sets, five to 10 repetitions. And then they need to be able to make sure that they're measuring at the start and the end, right? So I think that's probably the most important beginning is like, make sure you're measuring. And then on top of that, make sure that you're applying a good program. And I think the other piece is that you have to wait long enough because a lot of these changes are short term, right? If I go like this, you know, 10 times for my arm overhead, I probably just increase my range of motion, but then 10 minutes later, it goes away. Um, if you look at some of his research, people aren't making a change until they get to like the four week mark. So part of it, I think, is that, you know, it's kind of like trying to gain muscle mass. You have to look at it that way. It takes a period of time to make these changes. Uh, so measure, good program. And then if it's not changing, then modify, right? I mean, we always do that. If you're not making the change that you want, maybe you need to add more, add another exercise, change exercises up, and just keep troubleshooting over the course of time. Nice. Good stuff, Dan. You know, and you you started that off with kind of talking about like the different types. And I think that's pretty good. Um, I, I like that. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that through a little bit because I, I'm trying to think of like all the different types of people we would we would have with that. But Lisa, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I have a lot of <laughs> a lot of rowers come in that are just like they have a really hard time getting going in the morning. Right. Because a lot of us get up early and roll out of bed and just kind of try and move. Um, so like the simplest, like less than five minute warm up of just like moving your body around and not just forward and backwards has gone a long, long way for a lot of people I've worked with. Um, just cause you know, it has to be short and sweet so that they're going to do it before they get on the water. Um, and I've had a lot of people with back pain or knee pain or hip pain or this or that, just like be amazed by what five minutes of just like basic mobility and like some glute and core activation before they start like working out does for them. Um, so I feel like uh, the the simple things go a long way more often than I have given credit for in the past. Yeah. And you could Sounds probably like take post for Lisa. 
Yeah, right. The simple thing. You know, and I, I, I think when you educate people that when you try to make it like a, a part of their life, like Dan kind of said, right? It's always easier like when you're in pain, but when you're when you're not, you just you fall out of it, right? Um, who else? Who else wants to jump in? I, w- right? I would also say, oh, oh, yeah, Mike, yeah, no, oh, no, Mike, no, 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 Mike's hand think, went up first. I just yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, okay. I, I definitely have patients that get a little bit stiff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but if we're talking about a, a post-op patient in, in this question, and they're waking up with little to no range of motion a short time after PT, I, I may be taking a step back and wondering if there's a pretty big inflammatory process going on. Does this person have any underlying immune autoimmune disorders? Um, if they're really struggling to, to regain motion and they're losing it, um, you know, maybe we want to look elsewhere. Um, but my strategy as a physical therapist would definitely be to increase the frequency of motion. I think frequency over intensity, um, if they're not working on motion multiple times throughout the day, that would be my first step and probably working at a lesser intensity. So maybe we're just going to a two to three out of 10 intensity for active assisted range of motion. Um, and if they're still making no progress, then, you know, maybe we start considering other factors. I like that too. And the more flared up and annoying that motion loss is probably the more frequent, but less intense you want to do it. That's actually a really good tip. That's, that's pretty helpful. What do you got, Len? Well, also I was going to say kind of allude to what Mike said so eloquently. It was amazing how you just worded that. Um, but you got somebody in PT, you do, we work on their motion. You let's say, let's, for example, you work for them for an hour, right? One hour is your PT session. There are 24 hours in a day. So they have 23 hours of doing something. If you divide one into 24, you get a number. I think it's like 5%, something like that. There's 95% of their day that they need, they need to do something. So they need to do something more frequently, right? Like Mike said. So it's up to you to reinforce the home exercise program. Get the moving easy boats throughout the day. That's what I do at my ACLs, especially to work on knee extension. They are instructed to at least work on four times a day, their knee extension for at least 15 minutes at a time for a 60 minute dose. So it's something similar to that. They need more frequent bouts of a home exercise program, a regimented home exercise program. You got to sell the home exercise program to them that it's important. This is why this is what you need to do. How frequently and I check in with my people. I texted um, one of my new ACL patients I had. I texted her on Saturday. She didn't get back until Sunday because that's what kids do nowadays. They ignore the text messages. And I checked on her to see how she was doing and how she was working on her emotion. So it's little things like that. that I think are going to set you apart from other PTs in your clinic or in your area that you are enforcing your, uh, your programs. And that's going to get you better outcomes. And then word spreads. And then voila. I, I feel like Lenny, as you're getting older, you need to adjust to the communication streams of the of the modern youth. I, I can't yeah. wait to see you like film like a TikTok dance while you're asking, how's your range of motion? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that I think I just I think we I think I would pay to see that. I think that would be really we need good. A, a Snapchat filter of, of, of something. I don't know. Is that is Snap that face? Still, is that Insta chat? Insta face. What up, Mike? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, going back to, to Lenny's comment, um, I know we often talk about low load, long duration stretching, particularly in the need to regain extension, trying to accumulate 60 minutes a day. Um, I will use low load, long duration stretching in other joints as well. 
um, particularly in the shoulder. If they're far enough out of like a labral pair with a capsular plication or capsular shift, and they're having trouble regaining external rotation range of motion, I'll do a low load, long duration stretch into ER, just letting gravity kind of pull their arm back, potentially with a hot pack on the front of their shoulder, um, trying to get the capsular creep kind of back and, and regain motion from a capsular perspective. Um, so that, that's another strategy that you can try. Also, you know, bracing and splinting could be something if they are losing all their range of motion and you want to maintain um, to help supplement your, your mobility and stretching routine. Yeah, especially if they're really struggling there too. So um, I guess I would say this, I would say is um, we, I think we have to understand the expectation of the, the specific person in front of us. And I think a lot of people alluded to this in some of their answers, right? But I, uh, let's just talk about like, like motion as a, as a capacity, right? So if this is like your full capacity of motion, right? And you have an injury, you have surgery and you're under that capacity, you're trying to raise it back up to where you were, right? And sometimes surgically or inflammation, et cetera, that becomes a little bit more challenging. That's the more frequent, uh, less load type motion. I think a lot of people get get frustrated when they see somebody completely healthy or pain-free. Let's say like ankle dorsiflexion, they see on one side is less than the other one. They have no problems and they're trying to raise their capacity. So not just like get them back up to their baseline, but to get their capacity higher. And I think oftentimes you got to realize like, you know, this is a great example. Like you have a 65 year old patient with low back pain that can't touch their toes. I mean, man, they've had 65 years of neglect of not being able to touch their toes. I don't think you giving them a couple of stretches is going to be super impactful on their life. Right. So I think you got to kind of be careful, you know, with that sort of thing. I can't touch my toes. I've never been able to touch my toes. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to touch my toes. Like it just, just is what it is to, to some extent. So if you're trying to raise somebody's capacity, I think my expectations are often lower than somebody that's just trying to get back to their neutral, I would say. Uh, luckily at Champion, I think we see kind of like a hybrid more than anything else. We see athletes that perform a task, right? And this could be anything. It doesn't have to be an athlete, but you perform a task and then that task gets you tight like that day, like you just go throw a ball, you just ran a sprint, right? And then the next day, your arm, your hamstrings are tight, right? Great. That's easy. That's the easiest one for us. They have that's transient tightness that we can address almost immediately and have a very impactful change in that session before they leave. Right. And that's, that's the one that's, that's a blast. So don't confuse that person, right. Where their hamstrings are tight because they just ran sprints yesterday and you restored their range of motion and it stuck and it lasted, right. Because they didn't run again. Uh, that's a great success. Don't, don't compare that to then a 65 year old with low back pain that can't touch their toes and you're struggling to get their hamstrings more mobile. I just think it's an unfair fight for you. Right. That doesn't mean you can't, like Dan said, it's going to take months, right. It's going to take months of hard work to get that going. To, to raise the capacity level. So I, I think I would just, I would just say that, you know, is that not everybody's the same James and you gotta, you gotta kind of like have realistic expectations for the person in front of you, I guess, based on, on where they are with their motion. Okay. Makes sense. So awesome. Great episode. Good answers from everybody. Thanks everybody. That was awesome. Um, appreciate it, James. Thanks for submitting that question. If you have one like that, head to mikerinald.com, click on that podcast link, fill out the form, ask away so we can have more chats like this. Um, you know, we really appreciate it. So, but again, we want to see those reviews on, on iTunes, iTunes, geez. Jeez, I'm, I'm more out of touch than Lenny. I just said iTunes, right? That's great. Um, on whatever, what is it? Apple podcast. Now we don't see those reviews on Apple podcast, Spotify. Can you do reviews on Spotify? Yeah, I've lost no. focus. I've lost. Anyway, 
give us some reviews because we read them and that gives us feedback on, on our future episodes. So thanks again. I'll stop talking. See you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.